Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. I hope you're having a good week thus far. Uh, lots to talk about on Big Thing today. We know that Sonic looks like it's going to have a pretty big weekend, decent weekend. Ezra Miller got himself into some stuff, but more so not really talking about that as much as talking about what does Warner Brothers do next. Do they keep him as Flash? Well, they're having some meetings to talk about it. We'll go over that as well. Uh, man, Sam Raimi was talking about Kevin Feige's comment about whether or not this is a horror movie. This Doctor Strange's tickets go up and AMC's website crashes and, and all that good stuff. And we also find out a little bit more that Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, is the shortest movie in Marvel history. The other big thing that I will be talking to today, Adi Shankar. It's going to be on the show. I'm excited to talk to Adi. And if you guys didn't know beforehand, uh, Adi has been on my show before when it was Schmoes. Um, but he's on to talk about The Guardians of Justice, which is on Netflix. And we have a little bit of an interview, catch up, talk some wrestling, and a few other things, man. So that's it. And if you're brand new to the channel and you haven't already subscribed, please do that. And if you're watching this on the uh, premiere, please comment inside of the comment section as well as in the live chat. That helps tremendously. It gets the notifications going. It lets people see that I'm doing a show. And it's super helpful. And obviously, if you're, you, you're already subscribed to the Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That I know, right? Because that's... Uh, that's that's what gets us going. That's the big thing. That's what we're doing. That's what I'm talking about. A lot of stories to talk about. I hope you're enjoying your day, and let's do it, everybody. It is the uh, it's the big thing. Come on. No, that's not Moon Knight. No, that's not Halo. No, forget it. Why bother? First one. It's the first one of all the things. Hilarious. Some shit house of the day. Like, you know, it's good that you finally figured out how to do this after doing it for 12 years. Eat shit. <laughs> You're not wrong. But eat shit anyway. It's my favorite. Some people, like, say something stupid. And you respond back. And they go, oh, you're being a little bitch about it. <laughs> we don't just say, go, thank you. Thank you for saying I fucked it up. You should be able to say shit back. And acknowledge that you're probably right. But still, eat shit, buddy. How about that? Anyway, oh, man, there's a lot to go over. I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview with Adi. It's really good. It's really uh, pretty open, too. Respect people like that that are willing to just kind of say, hey, man, this is how I am. I acknowledge this about myself. And I, I, I was excited to talk to him. But that's not what we're talking about here first. We got some news. Some news. Sonic, dude. I still haven't seen the first one. I got to see the first one before I see the second movie. The screening was over the weekend. We were shooting Schmodown, so I didn't get a chance to see it. But got a lot of these stories from Dark Horizons, and this one, this is um, seems tracking pretty good. Paramount family-friendly sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, is apparently going to track to collect $55 million over its three-day op- uh, when the film opens this Friday. It's on par with the original, which opened to a strong $58 million for the three-day, ahead of a total $70 million four-day President's Day holiday opening weekend in early 2020, just weeks before the, the world went to hell. The new film has already taken in $30 million overseas, where it opened in select territories last weekend with a fairly cost-effective $90 million budget. That's not bad these days, I'll tell you that. The Sonic sequel is expected to t- easily take the U.S. box office crown by Sunday, beating out Morbius, not too hard of a task, which is expected to drop far enough for a 15 to 17 million second weekend haul. 
The other new bigcomer, Ambulance, also missed that one, is expected to earn at least $10 million in its opening weekend, which would be career low for Bay, whose last film was the expensive Netflix blockbuster Six Underground. That said, its cost-effective $40 million will limit its damage. I have so much to talk about with this. Both new releases have scored mixed reviews, and A24's genre mashup, everything, everywhere, all at once, however, which has landed rave reviews, will expand nationwide after two weeks of limited release. Okay. Let's start with the fact that the smart thing that Michael Bay and whoever's making this movie did, didn't, normally Michael Bay is making 100 to $200 million movies. And they said, no, we can't do that. We, we, we definitely can't do that because it's not, it's not going to make that kind of money right now. They were smart because this is exactly what we have been talking about on this show. You're getting movies like this, whether it's a, uh, Adam Project or or the 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 Rock and uh, Ryan or again Ryan Reynolds and and Gal Gadot. There's these big massive streaming movies with these massive budgets and massive stars, and there's these big series that you have on that people are very picky and choosy about what they're going to see in movie theaters. Sandra Bullock movie was different because it was a change in tone and it was a, it was a genre movie. I, these. Old, this isn't this isn't the mid two thousands or late nineties anymore, and people aren't going to rush out to see a, a Michael Bay movie in the theaters when you got Doctor Strange coming out soon, and you just had the Batman and all these things. It's just it's a different, especially over the last two years and everything what happened. So setting it at forty million was very smart. That that's how much the the, the budget was for it. cheap movie to make in in today's terms, you know. And this is what I think Ambulance should be a, a, a an example for the studios that if you're going to make movies like that, you can't shoot for $100, 200000000 million. You're going to lose money. But if you shoot for forty, you, you'd at least make it back. I think you'll make it back over the course of however, however long the run is. But um, like how much is Morbius probably? That's, that's a different because you're still in the comic book. I understand why the movie was made. It's, it's the comic book genre you're playing off the spider-man hoping people are going to bounce off spider-man so even the movie just happens to not be good but sonic is a different thing sonic is a movie you should make because the first one did, did fairly well the budget isn't isn't that big plus it's a movie for kids so it makes a lot of sense harry potter or, or fantastic beasts that's the next big one that comes out understand why that's coming in and then just get out of the way until um until dr strange comes out so uh, I, I think that it's just very telling now, and, and, and it's the first time that the box office is starting to move a little bit more so, and you're starting to get competition again when it was just like only one game in town because there weren't a lot of movies that were coming out, and it's, it's, it's starting to get stable again, the, the, movie, the, the movie theater business. So I think these are pretty accurate, what we're about to see this weekend, um, and I think I, understand, uh, I think I understand all of it. I think I understand all of it. All right, let's move. Let's move on. That's that's that one. That's that one. What's the what's the next big story? The next big story is Sam Raimi was talking. What was Sam Raimi talking about? All right, be honest. You've been at the gas station. You're sitting around. You're going, "Hey, look at those. This is those erection pills. I'm going to try those things. I'm going to see what happens. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to use them. And then I'm going to say, "Surprise! Look at what just happened in the bedroom." That's what you start thinking. It's tempting. I know. But if you look at what's going on in those products, it's not good for you. The same goes for the, uh, the products on the market that say it's going to help you in bed. 
But here's the issue. Who wants the four-hour erection? Like Conan with, my, with the, the sword in my pants. And then I had to go to the hospital and explain it. Uh, you know, hey, it was, uh, it was something I wanted to try because when I go, I wanted to look uh, perfect down there. But Joy Mode is going to help out, and it's here to save the day. Whether you're happy or unhappy with your performance in the bedroom, why not perform even better? Joy Mode Sexual Performance Booster, it's like a pre-workout, but for sex. I'm pumping sometimes to pump the iron, and now I want to pump the new iron down there. And in order to do it, I, I use Joy Mode. It's fantastic. Because you'd rather take a supplemental supplement designed to spice things up rather than a prescription drug that's going to have harmful effects down the road. Joy Mode makes natural and science-backed sexual wellness products for men. Their sexual performance booster is like a pre-workout, but for sex. And the sexual performance booster is designed to support erection, quality, and firmness, and sex drive. Thank you, Mr. Gary Busey. After ta uh, taking the sexual performance booster, blood levels of arginine and yohimbine will increase, will directly promote nitric oxide. I'm going to tell you right now before I read the rest of this stuff. It's going to let you know that you're going to be, you're going to be excited. I'm not reading all the, the medical stuff. I want to let you guys know. You want to take a look at what's in here? You should check it out because Joy Mode, what they did, it was created because the products on the market, they're just terrible. And they know they could do better. So they put all that stuff that I can't pronounce. It doesn't matter, though. The, the, the objection for the erection is because you want to get more excited. And prescriptions come with all sorts of side effects and over-the-counter gas station pills that are sketchy and they're fraudulent. But a lot of guys just take both because they don't have an option. This is what you expect when you go with Joy Mode. Tear open the sachet, you mix it with six, six to eight ounces of water, just like an electrolyte packet. And for best use, consume it anywhere from 45 minutes to four hours prior to sexual activity. You're going to notice better blood flow, better erection quality and firmness, and increased sexual energy and drive. If you want to spice things up in the bedroom, and boost your sexual performance and do it naturally without the nasty prescription drugs. Special offer for you. This is for the big thing audience. You go to joy, excuse me, usejoymode.com slash big thing. I mean, how appropriate is this? Come on, joy mode with a big thing or enter big thing at checkout for 20% off your first order. Use joymode.com. Use joymode.com slash big thing for 20% off your first order. Thank you, joy mode, for partnering up with the big thing. I mean, there's no other show it should have partnered up than the big thing. Link's in the description. It's a creepy image, man. Uh, tickets for Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness are on sale, and tied to that are some of the new posters. It's got, you got a new clip and some interview sound bites from the film's beloved doctor. Doctor. He's a doctor now. Director Sam Raimi. He was speaking with Fandango, and Raimi confirmed comments by Marvel's Kevin Feige, who said that the strange sequels contains elements of horror in it, a genre that MCU generally steers clear of. Raimi went on to say, I think what Kevin meant from my point of view is that this film has a flavor of horror to it. I think when the original director, Scott Derrickson, and Kevin promoted the coming of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, they said it was going to be the first Marvel superhero film that had an element of horror to it. I hope I'm not misquoting them, but even after Scott left the picture due to creative differences, that was still the mandate, to make the first Marvel film that had an element of horror. So I kept true to the original statements. I think that's what Kevin means, because it is spooky at some times and scary at others. It's unknown what you'll find in the multiverse. It's within that unknown that suspense and darkness exists, a tool to titillate the audience's fear. 
Plus, Doctor Strange in the comics has always dealt in universes and dimensions that were quite spooky, so we wanted to bring some of that into this film. Raimi, of course, is also famous for directing the original Spider-Man trilogy at Sony, with this film making his first return to the genre and to Marvel. In the wake of Spider-Man No Way Home and the Strange sequel opening up multiverse possibilities, Raimi was asked about potential fourth Tobey Maguire-led and Sam Raimi-directed Spider-Man being made one day. Turns out Raimi is open to the idea. I've come to realize after making Doctor Strange that anything is possible. Really, anything in the Marvel Universe, any team-ups. And I love Tobey. I love Kirsten Dunst. I think all things are possible. I don't have a story or a plan. I don't even Marvel would even be interested in that right now. I don't know what their thoughts are about that. I haven't really pursued it, but it sounds beautiful. Even if it was in Spider-Man movie, I'd love to work with Toby again in a different role. It's like the world's best toy box to be able to best toy box to be able to uh, be able to be back at Marvel. I'd love to come back and tell another tale, especially with the great management they've got here. All right, so the story winds up turning into a, a Spider-Man four story more so than anything else. But um, as far as the horror element goes, yeah, man, like that's what Marvel has done throughout their um, their run in their phases is that each movie has a bit of a different genre in it whether it's a, a crime heist movie an ant-man a, a spy thriller um a john hughes type comedy with um with the first spider-man and and all that you know that's that's what they've done so bringing in derrickson to start and then continuing on with Raimi, who certainly produced a handful of of, of horror movies and made his name in directing horror movies with uh, evil dead and all that this is exciting and he makes and there's a particular line though that he said that made me go, "Ooh, that sounds that sounds fun." Because if you pay attention to what multiverses can do and parallel universes and all that, um, there's infinite amount of them, and the rules are not the same in one universe as in another. So there's a lot of creepy shit going on in other in other universes, and how many of those universes are open? How many are we going to visit? Uh, that's a that's an interesting an interesting way to put it and and it happens to be factual if you if you pay attention to the science so um i love it i love the idea of it i like the idea that it's going to be horror based or at least be creepy i think it should be creepy as far as um why i mean even if you see the stuff that what he's going through when he runs into that that version of like the evil doctor strange the question is that the same one that we saw from the um from what if or is that a different one so a lot of people think it is excuse me the one from what if but it possibly couldn't be. Uh, I mean, it could be somebody else. Um, and then you spin into what he what he asked for with Spider Man Four. Now, I don't know if Marvel would be interested, is what he said. I, I mean, they're interested. Trust me, Sony and Marvel. I mean, it's more of a Sony thing than anything else. But they're interested. Trust me. And the question is, what I would have pressed them on in that particular interview is if it was a Sony movie with your past problems. Granted, I know that those people aren't there anymore. Maybe the ones that you were working with. But would you want to go back to Sony? Is it a better experience working with Kevin Feige in Marvel than it was Sony? Because he has publicly had that falling out in, in the third one. But if the MCU played into this, and somehow, I don't think that it necessarily would, but if they made a fourth movie with Sony, uh, that's what it would be. It would be a Sony Spider-Man movie, but I think it would make a shit ton of money. And it would do very well. And Sam Raimi coming back to do it, I think, would be an added touch to it that I think would work very well. Now, look, I'm not a massive fan of those movies. I had a lot more fun doing the rewatch on them and appreciated them more rewatching them. I still think, and I, and I stand by it, I think Spider-Man 2 is a really good movie. Really good movie. I think it's vastly overrated. Um, but it's a really good movie. 
but it's I the people put it up on this tier that I don't understand it. I think there's a lot of cheesy shit that doesn't hold up, but I think it's a fantastic film. Um, I just think there's tons of other movies that are that are far superior. However, after watching, and I still think in Spider-Man Three, you can tell it was so messy. There's some shit. And watch the rewatches that myself and Winston and uh, Coy did, where we we really break down all of these movies. Um, there's a lot of stuff inside of Spider-Man Three that could have worked. It was just it was just so many different movies going on inside of it. Anyway, um, but yeah, man. So those the, that's a, that's a few different things going on right there. A few other stories. Uh, which is the one we should hit next? Let's get into it. Let's go. Speaking of Warner's hitting pause, hitting pause on Ezra Miller. And here, here's the story. Here's the story on Ezra Miller. We, we, in the beginning of the year or beginning of 2020, there was that video that came out of him. We don't still don't know what the hell happened. I just watched it recently. He, Grabs this woman who's like smiling and laughing. It looks like he's playing with a with a fan, and then he throws her to the ground, and she doesn't look like she's laughing anymore. And I, no one still knows what the hell happened in that video. No one talks about it. Anyone even talk to her? No one knows what's happening. But that was that was, that one seemed people to be like, eh, don't worry about it. And then they they moved past it. And now, in the wake of several incidents, that one probably included, actor Ezra Miller's future at Warner Brothers Pictures appears to be in question, according to a lengthy article at Rolling Stone via the playlist. The piece claims that shortly after the Fantastic Beasts and Justice League actors' recent arrest for disorderly conduct and harassment in Hawaii, Warner Brothers and DC executives held, held an emergency meeting on March 30th. According to their sources, the consensus during the meeting was, was to pause all future projects involving Miller as well as any public appearances they may have scheduled. The piece and another at page six goes into a pattern of bizarre offset antics involving Miller in recent years with Rolling Stone's source indicating the actor also had frequent meltdowns during the making of The Flash but stressed those incidents were not violent or vocal, saying that Ezra would get a thought in his head and say, I don't know what I'm doing. How said pause might impact The Flash, it's unclear. The project has already been filmed and is prepping a 2023 release, June 2020 release. As Miller plays the film's lead, the possibility of lengthy reshoots and or recasting is likely too expensive, even with the multiverse storyline opening up recasting possibilities. Miller will be seen in Fantastic Beasts The Secret of Dumbledore, which opens Friday, next Friday in cinemas. Warner's also busy with other matters right now as Discovery is cleaning house among the top executive ranks of Warner Media, uh, ahead of the new company's merger, which is expected to happen on Friday. At least nine executives are exiting, according to Variety, as Discovery's CEO, David Zaslav, is set to take charge of the newly named joint company, Warner Brothers Discovery. All right. Lots. I'm not going to talk about the Warner Brothers Discovery, so I don't know enough about it. But what I will talk about is, and I don't normally talk about this stuff, but it's, it's, it goes more inside of a story of um, what the hell are they going to do? Now, as far as the, the antics and, every, and all that stuff, too, besides just the stuff that I think, I don't even know, I think he assaulted someone in, in Hawaii. I don't know the, the full story, but I, I don't pay attention to that shit, to be honest with you. But what I will say is that there seems to be a lot of stuff that he keeps getting himself into. And I know a lot of times when things like this happen, and I, and I don't know what the, what, the, um, what the climate is again on social media, but staying away from it because it's just mentally, it, it's just, it, it wears on you. It wears on you. So all I'll say is because I told you guys I'm not really talking too much about like the Oscar stuff. I can just tell you that reading some of it, it was exhausting. Watching people going back and forth and fighting with each other. It's, just, it's so stupid. 
everyone fights with each other over everything. So it's like, so when, when this comes out, I don't know how people feel. I don't know what people are saying. I have no idea. But all I can say is that you, there, there is a pattern of behavior in general, right, with this guy. And right away, people are, are, are saying everyone's just so fast to cancel people and do this and do that and all that. The thing that a lot of people don't understand in, when they're on Twitter and Facebook and all that, too, is there are businesses that are being run, and there are things that need to be done. And it doesn't matter necessarily. The question that comes at hand to you when you're running a business is, is the person in a particular part of this business, right, that, that is, is it going to hurt business if we keep this person around with the possibility that something like this can happen again? Or is it going to hurt business if we get rid of this person um, because we need this person around? It's conversations that come up. And if it continues to happen and things continue to happen, it's like, is it worth the investment? Could we, is it a one-time thing? Is it something, it, it goes on and on. It's, and it's a business that people have to have conversations with when money is involved. It's just, it's just part of it. And this is ultimately what happened with Ezra Miller, where they had to have this conversation. Now, as the article states, do they reshoot? Do they, I mean, this movie's coming out. They can't do anything with, with Fantastic Beasts. The movie's done, it's coming out, that's, that's it. His role, he's a, kind of more of a, I mean, he's a bigger role, but he's not, not the lead. The lead in the flesh. He's a full-on lead. So, if you, if you, can't, if you, if you, you know, get rid of him there, well, and then everyone's talking about the kid Grant. What's his Gaston? I don't. I don't know what the hell is his name. I, you guys know. I, I'm not good with names. I'm the kid from the CW show who I like, and I and I and I remember. I was, I was telling you, if you go back in time, when all this happened and they were doing the the CW show and the Flash, and it's nothing against Ezra Miller because Perks will be in a wallflower. And everything. I happen to think he's a fantastic actor, but I remember back in the day they asked, and I said, I think it is too confusing in general. If you have a flash that's working over here that people are going to get attached to and then put another one in film, just make it the same damn flash. And now they, people won't do that anyway. Anyway. Um, but I just, it, it, seeing what the, I, I just think it's too much of a headache, honestly. And I also think it's part of the generation, the, the, the things that, and I, you guys know how much I don't like social media in general. I like it for like promotion and things of that nature. People get on social media and they get themselves in trouble, whether it's through videos, whether it's through, and, and it could be, and when they're posting videos and they're doing things that they want to do, and I know this is a completely different thing from what he did. We're talking about the Hawaii, but he has posted in the past, but it's like, I just, I think I'm more of an old school, and, and I get it. People are like, yeah, you're living, in, you're living in an old era, man. People, that's how people are now. People like to voice themselves no matter what. They wake up in the morning, I'm having eggs. Hey, who likes my eggs? I, I get it, but I just come from a place where it's just like, if you, it, like I like, and I think that's one of the reasons I talked about the Oscars so freely. It's like there's no mystery to it anymore. You know what everybody's doing. It's like in the same thing. Everyone is so vocal, and it gives you, and I think it hurts people sometimes too because in a, I mean, and it's both sides of it. People are too vocal on Twitter and Facebook and everything too. When you see them, they, I think of my mother. When there's a particular, there's a particular actor that she doesn't like for their for their political views or whatever it is. She never gives a person a chance. Because any time that they, they come on screen now, all she does is talk about their political views. And, you could have a fin and this person's a fantastic actor. But right away, 
just gives them uh, and and that's and that I think that hurts on all sides on all sides and I think the same thing with goes for social media posts and all that stuff too I'm not saying people should be silenced and not say anything I just think that it's I think it's a problem sometimes when people are just uh it's 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 too accessible I could tweet the most horrendous thing right now and think it's okay right now with us right now post something right now and that's the end of me and I'm done and I could think it's a funny joke oh that'd be funny to say like no stupid and, and, and you're responsible for your actions I'm just saying this thing is this thing is is more dangerous than people realize and again I'm very very aware that this has this has nothing to do with this this is this is he assaulted somebody I think again in Hawaii or wherever the hell he was and you got it but I just think it all adds up fuck am i talking about who knows all right let's talk about something i do know about and you know what that is i'll tell you right now ladies and gentlemen have you heard about and we're gonna get to this um ani shankar interview right after this but i want to tell you guys also about athletic athletic greens loving this stuff man you guys should be too brett told me and i wasn't listening and now i'm listening because our next partner has a product i'm using every day I started taking it because it was like, you know, just, it's vitamins and all that. I, should, I feel like I should be doing it, but it's like I wanted to do it in a different way. And Brett started telling me about it. He said, you got to do it. It tastes good. He was raving about it. I said, fine, I'll check it out, see what the hell this guy's talking about. It's great. I've been doing it for weeks. I love it. It doesn't taste like it. It doesn't taste bad. It doesn't taste like it's like a super healthy thing. It has a kind of a, it's like a mild uh, tropical taste that I, I, I look forward to it. So what is it, is what people are asking. It's one delicious scoop of AG1, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and it helps you start the day out right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's great. That's why I wanted to try it, because I'm just feeling tired and all that. And it's, it's amazing. It costs you less than $3 a day, by the way. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional uh, nutritional insurance. It's like over 7,000 five-star reviews if you check them out. It's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Um, it's great. It supports mental clarity, alertness. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It's awesome. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to serve you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all right and we are back and once again please make sure you do sign up for athletic greens they're phenomenal they're awesome i'm using them and i'm gonna be using them for that drive i'm telling you about i'm dreading the drive well maybe not dreading it too much but listening to podcasts and shit so you know whatever all right enough about me i wanted to talk to you guys because i was able to see the guardians of justice on netflix and it's so much fun. And the reason why it's so much fun is because of the creator, the director, the guy I've talked to many times. And you can you know he's a wrestling fan, for God's sakes, because DDP's in this and is uh, and has a prominent role. And we'll talk about all that and more. 
I haven't talked to him since the Schmoes No Days, but he's been very kind to me um, in, in the past. He's, he reached out. I think he listened to my CM Punk interview, and he reached out, and he said some very kind words, and we've just been talking back and forth. And, um, and we said, Let, next time you got something to, to talk about, let's, let's, let's talk, brother. And that's the one and only Adi Shankar. What's up, man? How are you? Ooh, so good. So good, man. Yeah? Um, yeah. And so uh, blown away by everything you, you've done and uh, transitioned into. So rad. Thanks, um, brother. Thank you. Thank you. But, and, um, and not only am I a wrestling fan, you are right. Uh, not only does, does DDP have a, uh, uh, a large role in the show, he also hits a diamond cutter in the second episode. He does indeed. He does, <laughs> he does indeed, and uh, and I and you can tell. I was like, oh man, this is just this is just the the wrestling mark in Adi going nuts over here, and I loved every bit of it. And yet, and and Morrison's in, the, in in it as well. Yeah, and he's a Canadian destroyer. Sure is. So, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm going to ask questions, and you can shoot me down and tell me if I'm if I'm far off the mark. But it uh, it seems as if when you were growing up, were you a big DC fan? No, you were not. No. Okay. So, all right, so then I'm off the mark right away because the way I perceived it, and I'm going to let you talk about how you kind of came to bring it together and all that. Obviously, um, there is a, a lot of Justice League in here, but this is Adi Shankar's Justice League to, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, totally. the, the, to the max. And, yeah, and, yeah, it's, yeah. and it's not like you're trying to hide it. You're like, no, this is, this is my version of Superman. This is my version of Batman. This is what this is. And, but it's what I loved is it, it reminded me of the stuff that you've done before, whether it was Punisher or, or the Power Ranger stuff. And, and it's that kind of that dark thing. You're not afraid to cross boundaries. I mean, if you watch the show, you'll see the disclaimer that goes up right away that, you know, you're going to cross these boundaries because you're, you're, you have a pure vision of what you wanted to say. And you clearly do that in the first episode and you establish it really well. So how did this come to fruition? How, how did you decide? Because if you're not a big DC fan, why'd you go that way and not say Marvel or someone else or create something, you know, completely um, new? Because I liked, I, li I actually really liked the way you did this, but I'm just curious. Uh, no, it's a great question. So I, again, I've been working on this for like a long, long, long time uh, for like many, many years. So um, I think a couple things happened. One, one, the Marvel canon, the Marvel lore, uh, I think it's, it's well known like today post Avengers Endgame, but you know, outside of like Spider-Man, it hasn't become like a, I don't know what the word is. Whereas like the DC characters are like super iconic. Yeah. Uh, like everyone knows uh, about them. Even if you're not a fan, right? You know who the Flash is or, right. or, uh, right. uh, or, or, or Green Lantern. Uh, I think it just crosses generations to the point where like it's just... Uh, the word that keeps coming to me is iconography, but that's like incorrect. It's not that it's iconography. It's, we'll it's kind it of like, yeah. it's, it's like a, it's part of like tap. It's part of the tapestry of culture. And I really wasn't trying to make a superhero show at the end of the day. I was trying to like do uh, like a, like a, like a social satire, social political exactly. satire. Yep. Yep. Um, and then um, using these motif. Okay, I'm using the word motif. That's not right. Uh, it is. I think satire is the perfect word there for it because it's, no, 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 it's Absolutely satire. It's absolutely yeah. satire. But I mean, like how I was trying to use the the, the DC heroes. Uh, I was trying to kind of play off of um, this the societal understanding of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, you do and and you do that. And you do it right away. And I like the idea. And I don't want to get into massive spoilers for people who haven't seen it yet. But even the idea of when you look at the the um, the, the opening, which I thought was done. 
very clever, by the way, the way that you did it with the, and I love the mixture of animation inside of like the old school footage, which was really awesome. Like the, the, I mean, and the, and playing with history a bit and showing the, the kind of the world war three and, and how, um, and how people, the, the, um, uh, shoot, uh, the main, the main, uh, uh, Marvelous Man, how Marvelous yeah. Man then becomes part of the culture, how you and and what he went through, and the idea of like what that would put on a person because like, we've always seen Superman, he's gone, he's gone through some shit, but he basically just kind of brushes it off. He's like, ah, it's okay, they don't like me, but he's still he's gone through these human emotions and these things that it's like, and especially today with how much focus is on mental health and everything that he's kind of gone through and what he would go through. I thought it was a very a powerful first episode, especially to put all of that on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's something that you could tell that you, that you were very clear that that's what you wanted to do in that, in that opening, um, in that opening scene. Yeah. It was, it was like kind of a personal, uh, I mean, th there was a lot of like me in that. Um, yeah. Cause I came up with that sequence. Um, uh, I, I mean, I'd been depressed for like a, quite a bit of time and I was like, and I couldn't, couldn't tell up from down, left from right. I just, yeah. just life felt like a blur. Um, and then, and then, then a doctor finally put me on Zoloft, which is an antidepressant for those mm -hmm. of you who don't know. Uh, and then as the Zoloft was kicking in, all of a sudden it started feeling like wizard of Oz, like colors started getting brighter. Uh, birds started singing. <laughs> uh, and, and being a huge nerd, I immediately went, what if I was Wolverine and you know how Wolverine can't get drunk? Yeah. Cause his body, you know, the yeah. healing factor. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was like, what if I was Wolverine and the medicine wouldn't work on me? And then again, cause I'm a huge nerd. I went, well, that's not true because Wolverine, Wolverine's healing factor is also emotional and psychological. So the healing yeah. factor would have solved this. Uh, and then I immediately went, Oh, well, what if it was Superman? And also people are like relying on you. Yeah. to be this thing, to be this leader, to be this beacon of hope or something. And, um, you know, at this point in my life, I had a lot of responsibility, uh, at a very, very young age. I was like, I was feeling a lot of burdens and I yeah. mean, it just evolved. Well, that resonated there. with me for sure. That I, I, absolutely, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was very powerful. But I mean, the fact that how they're, I mean, no matter, I mean, if, even if it's something as, I don't want to say as small as, but it's something, it's still significant, but smaller, but you were like, you're, uh, the head of the family, your, your family, you know, like I, I, I feel that with my wife and my two kids and there's a lot of burden on me and there's like these things mm -hmm. that I'm constantly going through and I could see where like the focus is always, you know, and, and a lot of times we don't really talk about things, right? We just say, oh yeah, every, they look at someone, they go, oh yeah, he's, he, he or she's got it covered. They're, they're good. And then there's all this stuff kind of festering up and building up. And I thought that was a very powerful moment, especially for someone, you know, like, like this guy for Marvelous Man or uh, the, the, and thinking of how Superman could have kind of gone through that. But I do have to thank you because um, you put, and we're talking, you mentioned the flash before you have the speed in this and you put Sharni Vincent in this role. And dude, I was from your, when I saw your next, uh, and I'm talking about just as far as acting ability, action star, I fell in love with her in the way that she was able to just, she was so electric in that film. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and when you put her in this and I was like, right away, I was like, Oh, incredible. So I was very happy to see her. Cause I think she's anything that she's in, she elevates it. And I think she does the same in, in your project absolutely she's she's such a phenomenal talent i mean i i uh she's been a personal friend of mine uh, i mean since she did step up 3d yeah so i met her right after step up 3d um 
And I just immediately got the sense that like, this is an artist with so much, so much nuance, so much depth. Um, and like a real person. She's a real person. It's good to hear because she's she's uh, yeah. she's awesome, man. She's awesome. Um, and then, all right. So we will talk about the WWE or so just wrestling in general with uh, with DDP and getting him along because I know that you've you're you we we've just geeked out anytime that we've we've talked uh, off air. We we just geek out about wrestling. And um, so mm -hmm. with DDP, is that similar to uh, Sharni, where you have you have this relationship that you've met him in yeah. the past? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was one of my. Uh, one of my first friends in uh, the city of Los Angeles. Oh, how did that come about? Can you say? Um, no, no, I can't. I can't. Okay. It's kind of like not a super interesting story. Like, you know, in my, in my. We're... Okay. So, yeah. so like uh, when I was a kid, right. I had no understanding, no, no bearing of like who was, valued at as what in the within the hollywood ecosystem right? right so i just assumed stone cold steve austin was like the most famous person on the planet right like like why why why, why wouldn't, wouldn't i right yeah. I, I like i'm like okay well there's this guy named michael jordan and he shoots balls in hoops and that's interesting sort of and then there's stone cold steve austin who like defeated the undertaker at SummerSlam. yeah it's clearly not even a, not even a comparison. Not even a, it's like a no contest, right? right? right. So, um, DDP was actually at a Hollywood uh, a, event, and uh, and I was like afraid to talk to him. I was like, oh my god, it's DDP! Holy shit, that's crazy! And um, and then then he like called me up uh, just like two weeks later. Because a, a mutual friend gave him gave uh, gave yeah. us each other's number, and he's like, he's like, hey, bro, want to meet for lunch? I was like, fuck yeah! yeah holy and shit, then we yeah. just immediately hit it off. So uh, when he lived in LA, we would just go uh, see see like movies together and stuff. Like one of my favorite memories was we went to go watch, uh, I believe it was Thor, like the first Thor movie. First one, yeah, yeah, the first Thor movie, and it was sold out. And instead, we went to go watch uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Remember that film? Which is not a BS. I like that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, I like it's the a movie. Great a movie. Yeah. And DDP's running commentary to me during the movie was just amazing. That's incredible. Like, he turned to me and he'd be like, Who's that? And I'm like, uh, That's a guy named uh, Ryan Gosling. He's like, <laughs> He's going places. That's a good looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. You know what's funny about that? And I can, I can share a similar. DDP story too is where I, I I wrote for the WWE like that that briefly, mm -hmm. and one of my first um one of my first uh scenes I had to write was something for DDP, and I went up to him. That's couldn't amazing. Have been, couldn't have been a sweeter guy. Couldn't have been a sweeter guy. Super nice. And then it turned out that my my high school friend Joe became really good friends with him and started to direct him in movies and put him in um and put him in a a bunch of stuff. And then they became I think they were partners, and I think uh, the he started working with him so i i had heard more about him but i was more impressed with him and on the way he's you know obviously with ddp yoga and the stuff that he had done but the way that he just rescued people's lives you know whether it's it was the, the late yeah. great scott hall or um or, or jake roberts and and those because both those guys when you looked at i mean you and i have been around people enough to where you've seen enough of those people you're like it doesn't look good for them right no no and this guy, it's like he saves 
everyone. They start putting their fucking Blu-ray or DVD in, or they start working with them, and it's like he just saves lives, man. Dude, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, and and that's why we're like friends because he's, you know, uh, I got over the oh, you're a wrestler thing like like that, and then once I got to know him as a person, I was like, oh, you, you're like, you're like a dude with a big heart, um, and you're not all about you, right? Um, and we just bonded over that, and like, you know, and he also he's a guy who just genuinely sees the best in everyone yeah and i love that about him i mean that's what he's that's kind of what he's made his brand off of but i mean just this cast in general and i think that that's what i've always i mean even we have a lot of mutual friends obviously katie sackoff being one of those but just watching yes. when you like the cast and you you do something that i think is very smart that a lot of people even though they make relationships you seem to make relationships in your personal life and everything too and you have and you put people in projects and you continue good relationships and i think that that's yep. why i mean look at this cast and i and correct me if i'm wrong but maybe so far what you're saying whether it was ddp or sharni vincent these personal connections but i mean look at whether you have uh john hennigan aka uh, uh, morrison uh denise richards in the cast will young lee uh andy milanakis i mean this is a pretty this is a jane seymour for god's sake there's so many great people and kellen lutz is, i mean i can go on and on and on and on about this cast but like so was a lot of it casting was a lot of it connections because you you seem to be a guy that's like hey i want to put my people and talented people that i know into my shit yeah and a lot of it was just that as as you said yeah. um you know like jane seymour was casting um but you know did you lose your mind when you got did you lose your mind when you got jane seymour i didn't lose my mind i was okay. more like oh wow this was i i lost my mind when i had like a phone call with her about it right right and then she was like asking me all these like questions and i was just like whoa it's fucking surreal yeah it was a little surreal um yeah. it was a little surreal sorry go ahead so you were saying so the rest were like connections yeah, yeah it was just just people i knew just people i knew who I, awesome. who I liked it's just people i knew people who i knew who i liked um and the other thing that i was trying to trying to do um how do i say this like i, I wanted to put people in positions uh, in roles that i felt yeah. reflected who they actually were versus yeah. how they looked does that make sense? It does. It does for sure. Like I feel like they're um, they're like there's like a version of this where you know Derek Mears who plays uh, Awesome Man, he's yeah. constantly cast as like the monster. You know, he plays he plays the lead in like monster movies, and right. uh, all my interactions with him prior to casting him in this role was um, like he's just like a big kid. Yeah. He's just like a big, he literally like acts like a big kid. So I was yeah. like, oh, if you just show up in uh, this capacity, I feel like this is, it, it's shocking to me that he hasn't been in that. I love that, dude. I got to tell you, I really love that because that shows like the power also of the fact that you're with the writing and the directing. I like to do that stuff myself, you know, where you're looking and bringing out because you're, you're right from it is it is a look sometimes that people are like okay you look like that person and you're an actor so you can do that but they don't but a lot of times people don't really get to know the inner workings of who they are and and by Absolutely, doing yeah. yeah and you pull out such a different and i think better performance because you also go off type so i think that's a really smart way to do it and you, you can tell and and again you're the one on set so i could be wrong but it seemed like everybody's had a fucking blast doing this no, and I definitely put well. I definitely put them through a lot, you know, because like yeah. I, I don't think it was clear to anybody what I was trying to do. Just again, because of the mixed media, 
uh, nature of the piece yeah. and how the the mixed media hadn't been cross cross pollinated. But I really did uh, uh, appreciate that so many people just showed up because uh, I was like, hey, I'm going to do something weird and it's going to be a little crazy and different. And it was hard to also articulate what I was trying to do, right? Because yeah. when you watch the show, it's kind of hard to explain what it is other right. than, right? So imagine how hard it was to explain it before it existed. I'm sure, especially for people who might just think that it should be, I got it right, like, right away from what, the satire and the idea and, and what you're doing. But like, for some people, did people just think they were making a straight up superhero movie? You're like, no, 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 it's not exactly that. But you should be able to tell it in the writing though, too. You get it, I guess, you, maybe not, maybe not. But hold on that before, because I got a two part question. That That's part of it. But the other thing is because, like I said, I've had conversations with you. We have good conversations, but it's very different yeah. also when you're in the middle of, when you're doing something in your and especially when you have a vision of it so what is your directing style like are you can you be a ball breaker are you someone who's just like i know my i know my vision uh we're friends we're everything too but i'm gonna go boom boom i'm coming at you 100 and then we'll talk about it afterwards what you like what you didn't tough love like what's what's the style like on set there, there's no tough love um yeah. there was there was some of it where i was uh even like like a lot of it was improv it may not seem that way when you watch the piece but a lot of it was improv um so you know it was different for every actor it was different for every scene it wasn't like that there was like one consistent style yeah um also yeah okay so so it wasn't like hey this is the one thing it was like more like okay what am i trying to get out of this scene and also like the show isn't like your traditional TV show in the sense no, that it, like it has like one consistent tone. It just yeah. constantly shifts tone between. But I dug it though. Okay, that, that, yeah, but that kept it fresh. That kept yeah, it yeah, fresh. Yeah, yeah, no, no, was, that was yeah. totally intentional. Yeah. But, uh, but then it was like a hard thing to explain. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to explain anything. I'm just going to start doing it, and then right. it'll it'll uh, it'll come together at the end. Um, so what do you do? So when you have so, so that and tell me about because obviously Castlevania does well for Netflix and you establish this you have this good relationship with them. Is that the first thing that you did with them was Castlevania? Yes. Okay. So yes. then so Castlevania comes in. You know, like you said, you've been working on this one for a while. So once you mm -hmm. get in the good graces of Netflix and and they like what you're doing with Castlevania, you go well. Hey, I got this other thing I want to do. Is that kind of kind of ish? Kind of it. Kind of it. I mean, yeah. obviously with with bumps and nuances and highs and lows right, and right. Uh, uh, numerous conversations in between. But yeah, that pretty much that's, that was, uh, that was it. And the relationship now is how pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's look, it's, it's a different company than yeah. when I first started. Right. So how, like, how so, how so? Well, my, I have one of those too. So my, yeah. So I paused <laughs> to like, let it run. So, was like, so um, so when I, my first ever meeting with Netflix, they were in a, I wouldn't say a small office, but they were in the old relativity media. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marvel offices slash Marvel offices back when Marvel was like a small independent movie studio. Um, and now it's this, now Netflix is like this global Titan of, of entertainment. Right. So, um, so I, I got in there before it was this global juggernaut. Well, good for you. You invested early, huh? 
it's, it's like that's pretty that's pretty awesome though because it's like again having but you always you seem like one of those people man you're you're you, it's connections everything's connections what i always people people always when i when they ask school obviously learning and, and having a an, an education is very important but i think it's all and people they they joke and the cliche of it's all who you know but it's all about i just think a matter of relationships you know and that seems to be a, a, every time i talk to you no matter any any interview we've ever had it's a matter of your your relationships have um have have kind of served you very well i think yes yes um and i think part of it part of it is like i wasn't making relationships i was just engaging with people that i yeah. found uh, interesting or, or or kind or just but those are, but, yeah, but those but those then, are yeah, essentially yeah. relationships yeah but i mean absolutely but yes. absolutely but yes. yeah that wasn't your it was intent, like though. It wasn't no no your totally i was allergic to that networking right oh what what can you do for me and like that that kind of thing it was kind of just gross and i just saw a lot of that in uh in the the, the, the like the movie ecosystem and i'm like i'm like no right no i don't know how i don't know how to engage that way <laughs> Yeah, and also like, you, dude, you've known me for a long fucking time. Long time right? now. Yeah, I, I was not the world's greatest communicator. I, I, I'm not. I would argue that I'm like not. You know, I'm not Tony Robbins right now. But like, you know, you go back to like back in the day, like it was like pulling teeth to get information out of me. Yeah, so, but that's it. What, so what do you think that comes from? Is that come from also? Is that is that? And because we talked about that a little while ago, but I think that yeah. is that a, is that a matter of insecurities is it a matter of kind of a perception thing is it a matter of just like i because i know as a when it comes to creatives and also too it's like you have, obviously when you look at the shit that you do it's like right. shit just you've got a thousand fucking things going on in your head that once you get it on the screen you're like oh that's what he was trying to say yeah it's just a matter of communicating it out verbally it's not it's not everybody's thing all the time but it's like what so what is it though was it a thing was it a, like an insecurity stuff Mm -mm. It was no? not insecurity. It was, it was, I didn't know how I was being received. I had like okay. no idea. I had like no, no thing because all I know is like, all I knew back then was my experience and um, I'm wired. At, and I think what you're, you're also getting at is that I'm just like wired a little differently. Yeah. So I was having a hard time. Like, and, and by the way, this show helped me with this tremendously because I realized I, I was seeing in real time that, Oh, the way I communicate is not always super clear. It's very clear to me. Right. Like, you but know, what you want to say, you have the intentions right, of what you want to right, say. Right. Right. So basically like I'm seeing images and I'm trying to describe what I'm seeing. Right. And to me, it's like super clear. Right. I would say something like, uh, and I can't pull an example of it right now, but, um, but yeah, like as time went on, I was like, oh, huh, you're super unclear, like in what you're saying. And I had to become hyper precise. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and I it mean, was like I, a, it was like a skill. Yeah. And like, and, have you noticed like now I'm like talking a little faster, maybe before 100%. there was like a lot of like pauses and, and that yes. thing, because it was like, it's almost like my mind would get overloaded and then I'd like pause for five minutes. Then I'd you're go, trying to reset. Yes. Yeah. The matrix is trying to reload. And right. it's like, you're right. hundred percent. I, I look, I get it. And I remember, and I remember even afterwards too, because I think the first time you actually, the show, I, and I don't remember what it was first, but I remember our, our mutual late great friend, John Schnepp, yeah. when, when you were on, uh, I think it was heroes back in the day. And then you had come on schmoes, but we had, I think that we had a similar conversation where you're like, Oh, 
you know, I, I, you know what I was trying to say, and I was, I wasn't being disrespectful to you. I got, Adi, I never took that disrespectful at all, yeah. ever, 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 ever. I was, I knew it. I, I got it, and 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 I think that that's why we have continued to have a relationship because we just kind of understand each other in general. Of like, for me. Yes. I mean, that's and I think that that's why when you go to I, I kind of resonated to what you just said before, when you cast somebody off their personality in general, I remember doing a because stand up comedy was really my was my thing. And, and I remember I went up and I was I'm a big geek, you know, whether I was listening, I was and I had a joke and it's funny because Katie and I used to joke about this, but I had a joke how I canceled a date once because of I wanted to watch Battlestar Galactic. Right. And and on, I remember saying Which that joke. Which is fair. And I remember being on stage and and I go, Yeah, because I'm a fucking geek. And this girl goes, You don't look like a geek. And I'm like, Well, what what does a geek look like? You know, and it's and yeah. it's out of the like I don't come across, I think to if people don't if people don't listen to me talking about Star Wars and all that stuff too, like the perception of what a geek is supposed to look like or a nerd is supposed to look like. Um, and I am pretty goofy. I have like these things and like, and it's, it's refreshing to hear someone say, no, you know what? I learned about your personality and I put that in there. And that's also from the way that I communicate and the way I put myself out there, that there is a perception. So I, I really appreciate that you were able to assess yourself and say, well, look, this is what I'm trying to say. These are the things I want to say. And I think it's, I think it's a, it says a lot about someone who can look at themselves and go, this is what, this is the way I want to kind of perceive myself just a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. And, and again, the, like, so the, the like like the show, for instance, uses a ton of video game language, right? Yes, it does. It basically yeah. uses video game lang language as a veneer to communicate uh, ideas. Yeah. Within yeah. within the the construct of a show, right? So I'm basically using filmmaking language and video game language. Yeah. So in the beginning, I was like, yeah, I want the visual effects to look like a video game, and to me, that was super clear. Right. And they're but, like, well, which, what kind of game? What, which, and then all of a sudden, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. In what era? Like, are we talking health bars or are we talking like Call of Duty, like, uh, right. uh, like, like a red outline? Are we talking like pixel art? Like, what are you saying? And I, right. what I was really trying to say is all of it. But then I went, okay, well, but then there's like a code here because sometimes we're going to use health bars. Sometimes we're going to use just straight up transitions into pixel art. And sometimes we're going to, um, uh, use like modern FPS language, first person shooter language. Yeah. And there is a logic as to why we're doing it. But then I had to explain that logic. And then yeah, through that process, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a gift because I've, it's forced me to become a better communicator. It's great, man. I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy to hear it. And I'm and and the show's a lot of fun, guys. If you know, if you if if you didn't have a chance to check it out yet, you should. Um, it is the Guardians of Justice. It is on Netflix at the moment, and it will not for the moment. It's on Netflix. And yeah. Adi, any any he wrote and directed it, and it's really it's 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 very different. And it's what I dug about it. It's different, and I think that mm -hmm. that's when you have all these different shows that seem to kind of blend into each other and do the same thing over and over again. You must want that palette cleanser and a new a something kind of new fresh thing like as Adi was saying this is not this is really not a superhero show it's like a kind of a, it's it's a yeah sure there's superheroes in it but that's not the that's not the point of it. it's a satire and i think that that's what you do very well so please guys go and and check that out um and you can check it out now but i do we, as as we were oh, so, off yeah go ahead please the other i guess the other thing about it was uh you know i visited america in the 90s yeah uh, in like the the early 90s so what i was trying to capture was that feeling of wonder and chaos. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was like so chaotic coming to me. There were so many, like,
colors and sounds and everything just felt like amazing and fun and full of hope and full of opportunity, but also very overwhelming. So I was trying to like capture that. And that's why the show moves at a, at a, at a hyper fast uh, pace. And also this is it like the show is set in a world uh, full of chaos. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, sorry, it's set in a world on the brink of chaos, like where things are getting more and more chaotic. So well, but even the start, it even starts in chaos when before, totally. before he comes down and helps. And I think that, and so I won't say what the event is. What I, what I liked what you did was there was, um, there's an event that happens where uh, he saves um, someone that in, in our, in our timeline wasn't saved. And, and then he doesn't save someone else. And then there's a great lump. Because people always ask this, like, why is, why is Superman so, uh, so biased to just the Americans? And, yeah. and there's a great line where it says, there, I think it's the Russians say, say that he's, he's biased towards the, towards, the America, towards the Americans, where he's just, he, and I was like, that's, that's been talked about for so long. And I immediately thought of a quest for peace, immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and, how, and by the way, had quest for peace, quest for peace is, I think, an hour and 20 minutes or whatever it is. There was tons of stuff that was cut out of that movie. The original story, if they would have actually put together like uh, a story, you could have actually done something interesting. But I thought about it immediately and all of these movies that you've seen. But I thought that was very interesting that you went down that route. Yeah. And I, and I think the other choice that was... I, I don't know if it's an interesting choice because again, I love talking to you about this stuff because yeah, I'm getting yeah. like your your perception. Yeah. But I really wanted to capture that uh, B C movie feel. Yeah, and, it and throw top. it on there so that yeah. you're because um, again, because the project's a social satire, uh, I didn't want it to feel uh, too self-important or totally uh, macabre. And the, the words macabre, I didn't want it to feel macabre. So mm-hmm. when, when you when you when you pepper in this like intentionally low budget uh, trauma films uh, inspired feel, it, it, it gave me like this brush in my toolkit to counteract this like potentially self-important self-aggrandizing uh, feel that sometimes projects have. Yeah. And there's ways I think you can do it also where you can throw the, look at something like whether it's the boys or whether it's like uh, peacemaker, there's a way, mm-hmm. there's a way to kind of play humorous type stuff and, and play it still where it's, there are times where you're like, Oh, because it comes out like, look at like peacemaker it comes out of this, the suicide squad, which is definitely has a lot of humor into it, but it still plays into the overall lore inside of DC. But I think that that's right. By putting it into that trauma films type thing, you you get and you do it right away. I think that if you did it like midway during the season, then that's a bit jarring. But the fact that it's like it, it this is within seconds when you're and even throwing the animation in and putting all that stuff in. It's like, you know, right away as I'm watching, I'm like, I know exactly what this tone is. I know exactly how you're telling me you want me to feel while watching it. And I think that it, I think that you accomplished just that. Yeah, it's like a live action cartoon. 100 percent. Kind of what I was trying to do. I yep. loved american cartoons like when i came here i was like oh my god this country makes amazing cartoons they're like super over the top and yeah. like grounded in some sort of like psychological realism when did you come over and i know that you you came over to visit but then when when did you come over to then you decide you were coming over to to live 16 you were 16 okay yeah um so the other thing i was gonna as we were talking about before um before i let you go i wanted to talk to you about um um wrestling and uh, wrestlemania was was recently uh did you watch yes 
Night one, night uh, two. Do you have a preference? Night one. Yeah, me too. Probably me night too. one. You um, know what? I watched with my daughter, and we were and the stuff that I thought they did the Cody Rhodes stuff really, really good. I thought Becky Lynch, um, Bianca put on yeah. a hell of a show. Um, I mean, even the opening was was really it was the Stone Cold stuff. It was it was solid. Night one, night one was really solid. I thought two was a little sloppier, but I thought I thought, and I think one just had the better match. Even the Baron Corbin and, and Drew McIntyre match was pretty damn good. I'm just such a huge fan of Cody as a like as a like as a just as a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like how? So what what are your thoughts on on him? I still don't really get it. Do you get it? Because I, I, I think that. So he goes and and correct me if I'm wrong, because you you know I think you're you're more in tune with with everything going on in the business. Maybe maybe not, but the way that I pursued it, he, here's a guy, and I've had the pleasure of talking to him. He was on Collider Live with me when I was on that show. But like when we right. talked, to, and he had just he had started up AEW. He'd done his thing. Tony Khan comes in and he and he buys AEW and and makes it like this huge thing. I don't know what the deal was. How does how does Cody walk away from that? I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, obviously, money when it comes to WWE, but like, okay. So I, full full disclosure. Yeah, yeah. Like I, so I, I consider Cody like a friend of mine, right? Okay. So like a personal friend. Sure. Um, obviously, someone I like admire and respect. Yeah, sure. As I as I pointed out, I have not talked to him about this. Okay. Because it's just kind of like. Sure, everybody and their mother's talking to him about it. You're, you're just yeah, trying to leave him just, alone about it. And yeah. and also like. There's like a gossip element to it that I just just kind of don't. Sure. Don't, you, would don't you rather not talk about super, it? No, no, no. But I, but I can give you like my perception of it. Yeah. Just yeah. Because you brought it up, right? Like, Please. This is just kind of like startup 101. This happens yeah. all the time. Um, you know, like we're, we're living in this age right now where companies are just popping up and they're yeah. growing rapidly because of the internet, right? The internet uh, allows like a meteoric rise for, for certain companies, you know, like uh, we saw that with WeWork, we saw that yep. with, uh, with, with PUBG, like a show I'm doing, I'm doing like yeah. with Crafton, right. PUBG just blew up within uh, a few years and is, uh, yeah. So, so I just, I think this is just strikes me as just kind of like a beef between founders. Yeah. Cause there's I mean, like, there's like the founder, there's like the, the guy that, conceived of it or the group of people that conceived of it then there's like the the investor and maybe and maybe also who also is creative so butting of the heads right so you're just gonna be butting of the heads right like um yeah yeah you see this all the time yeah you do all the time with with startups yeah i just it's just that and and I guess you know when you look at it, it's, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense in the long run. Where obviously you look at the the ovation that he got and he maneuvered and and as you said, he took that he took the the note what he did and the way that he built up AEW and he negotiated it through to get back to his former company. Because if he would have stayed in WWE, he's not getting that kind of push, and he's not you know it's it's because of what he did and also call it what it was. Is also Vince being able to say. Hell, what a story this will be if I can get that guy over here from the guy who started AW. People, it, it, smart. I mean, Vince is just as proven. He knows how to do that type of shit. But it benefited both of them because the ovation he got, and then they'd be fucking idiots if they don't put the belt on him. Um, they, they should definitely do that, whether or not it, it happens. There. Yeah, there's definitely a storyline. You have to. You have to. So, um, yeah, but anyway. I find the wrestling business so 
so so fascinating in that like what's happening but what happens behind the scenes always finds its way into the into the storyline yeah you know yeah you kind of have to, I mean, that's how you got to play it. And I think that that was very smart uh, to do it. I wonder, because I remember back, remember back in the day when after Bischoff came over and, and Vince, and, and when you were, when you were watching the Monday night wars, there was like, no way these two guys will ever do anything together. And then he makes them the fucking GM in inside of raw afterwards. And they have this whole big feud and storyline and, and all that. So, you, you, you know, I wonder if they would incorporate, uh, you know, Cody's thing with Vince and have a storyline with Vince. Maybe, maybe not. It's just something that they could do should if they wanted to. You know? I feel like wrestling's evolved past what that. that yeah, thing. yeah. You know? There's yeah. something like... A little bit more to it. Yeah, because I, I think like there, there's there's no disputing that it's that it's theater at yeah. this point. Yeah. So it's, it's just theater. The audience shows up in this theater. And if you look at like um, the performers that really get over, um, it's because the audience understands that, oh, this is theater, but that person's a really good performer. Right, right. So there's like an appreciation of the performance over the storyline. Yeah. Right. Do you have, do you, so, who are, so please go ahead. I was going to ask you no, some, yeah. I, I but, go question. I was just going to say, like, when you're watching, yeah, because like you said, if you, because you're such a fan of the, of the, the overall product, are there people that you're looking at going, oh, I could do, I could do some fun stuff with them in, in TV and in movies. Is there anybody that you would, oh, that, absolutely. Who, who absolutely. would you want to work with right now? Uh, and I also want to clarify, I'm, yeah. I'm not always a fan of the product. I'm a fan of the art form. Yeah. And there's a reason I'm a fan of the art form because like, I, I didn't really, uh, I had a hard time uh, understanding like people and society and stuff like that. And wrestling felt really authentic because it's like, there's like real people and they're really responding to what's happening in the ring. So I'm right. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it started, it gave me my first kind of like window into uh, how society or like people, people work. I don't know if that makes any sense. or if it, I'm does. Doing the thing it, where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah, it does. It makes sense. Um, and then I was able to kind of start spotting uh, social trends based off of like what was working in wrestling. I felt like it was a little ahead of the curve. Like, Oh, okay. Well, this kind of thing is now getting over. Like yeah. um, whether it was, you know, like, like intense authenticity or whatever, whatever the, the, the trend was. Yeah. There's so many people and there's so many people. Cause I like, you know, I feel like there's this weird Hollywood bias or there was, uh, uh, or it still is against wrestlers. Like, Oh, what they do is so different from what we do. I'm like, that's not, that's not true. They're no. theater performers, right? So right. it's like, yeah. So it's like Broadway's a little different than like acting in an HBO series. But you know, at the end of the day, like it's it's like a performer is a performer, and you can you can through direction have them vary the dial. Uh, and I feel like um, the wrestlers that really get over, they know themselves in, yeah. a, in a way in a very, very like deep way. And that if you can get them to like access that, uh, like, like Dallas did, like, like DDP did for uh, playing Nighthawk. Like he, um, you know, when, when I first like cast him in that role, he was, he like, didn't, he was like, he was kind of scared. Yeah. He was like a little scared. He was like, bro, you know, he was like doing the whole thing. And I'm like, look, dude, like you just showing up as you, brings a level of authenticity to this character right 
because you believably have been punched in the face. Like, <laughs> right. I believe you've been punched in the face. I believe you've like been thrown off of like a steel cage. Like I just, that. do, just do you do you give him a do you give him any um Bruce Wayne like Dark Knight type of you know uh motivation or or no you try to stay away from that stuff like when i was directing him yeah when you direct him do you give him because obviously it's, it was it's, all it was all stuff from his personal life it was just it was personal because i again i just i know him so intimately yeah well. yeah I'm yeah like okay dude this is not this guy it's now you're having this conversation with this family member got it got or, it that's great okay now uh now okay in this scene uh jake's fucked up and he's calling you and he's lying to you. Okay. Oh wow! You know what I mean. So it was like yeah, it's that. great. Yeah, yeah. So That's great. It was really helpful knowing knowing all these people. Like even even like the whole like John uh, John Hennigan sequence, right? Where yeah. he's him and DDP are going back and forth. Yeah. Like at first he was playing it super straight, but I'm like, look, dude, John, your 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 superpower is that you're like a wise ass. Yeah. Uh, and. And then we talked about it, talked about it, talked about it a little bit. And then I was kind of like, okay, you're at like wrestler's court and the undertaker is like giving you a hard time and you really want to piss him off because you think this guy's only over because he, you know, uh, doesn't, he no awesome. sells. You're like, That's this really guy no sells. So it was like, it was like that. And like, you know, it was, it was with, with all the, all the performers, um, yeah. all the, all the actors in it, uh, it was just a question of kind of going in and drawing out that uh, each of their superpowers. Right. Um, All right. So, so I'm not gonna let you off the hook. Who you, who you take? Who you working with? Becky Lynch. Can I can, can I name like? Wait, can you name someone? And I'll say yes or no. No, no, that's that's well, yes me. Yes or no. That's you're me. gonna, that's you're gonna me. say yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, you, and, you're, and you're too nice of a guy. You'd say yes to all. I would say yes to all of them. Yeah, because um, you you know why, so, and I say that though too, and I and, and I wouldn't say you're bullshitting. I think because I think that if you knew them enough, you would give them a role in order to pull the personality out and say, well, you know, what? I probably could use that person in this role. So, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, yes. Because I feel so like, nice. I, yeah, I feel like I know. Like, once I know you, I and I understand you, I know how to put you in the Lego set. You know, like yeah, in a way that, that you will, you will, you will shine. Um, look, man, I. Uh, I mean, that's why. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm waiting. That's why I'm waiting for a, a version of this where where I'm interviewing. I'm I'm, I'm going to be interviewing the uh, the speed in one of the episodes. Uh, <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, well, look, look. I think look, Jericho. Me, yeah, Stone Jericho. Cold. Okay. Okay. Jericho. Jericho and Stone Cold. I. I. Uh, I had a meeting with Stone Cold like when I first kind of. When, when I was back, when I was like making like theatrical or not making, when I was producing, when I was a producer on these like big theatrical films and I had, had a meeting with Stone Cold. And it was very clear to me that the apparatus that governs what gets made and who gets to be in it just completely misunderstood this dude. Yeah. Because he's really funny. Yeah, he is. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he is. And it's like no one has captured the humor of this dude. You know, you don't get to be uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, this redneck dude who who drives to the ring in a beer truck. And unless you see the humor in the situation as well, yeah. his comedic timing. The stuff he did with Kurt Angle back in the day and amazing. Vince and all. Oh, really funny stuff. Yeah, for sure. All of he, it, you know? Yeah. Um, and the, well, the Booker right? T stuff. And that stuff was like overtly funny. Like that was him like being 
being funny yeah. and playing funny yeah. and he definitely is funny too but what i'm i'm also saying on top of that is um there there's there's like a, a humor dialect but he was playing it straight obviously but the character of stone cold steve austin is yeah. really really funny he's just playing it really straight you know like yeah. the way he's like working the crowd he's not like H coming to the with a camera you know that that's that's like your humorless ad ass character right not then that that sounds like a like a knock it's not a knock at all like a huge, huge fan of all these all these performers they're all like uh geniuses in their own in their own right but i think stone cold has like this impeccable comedic timing that um hasn't been captured outside of the um apparatus of wrestling no that's why it's such a, i mean that's um, why the, that's why the greats are the greats because they they're it's like they they sh- they shine through and and he definitely had uh, so many so much uh ability and yeah that humor for sure but i'm i'll give a, you i'll give i'll give you a choice guy. how about this who who do you yeah yeah, yeah. oh no no that? i was thinking like there's a there's a guy called uh uh, uh mj maxwell there's a guy called maxwell that okay. guy I thought you were I, yeah yeah what? Sorry. I thought you were gonna say MJF from AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his oh, name. Okay, that guy. is that okay? Okay. That is his name okay. Maxwell. Is that his real name? Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I thought the M. The M. Could be. Maxwell. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. No, yeah. all I know is that every person. I'm. So just to give you a like for me, I was about as hardcore of a wrestling fan that you're ever gonna meet. And as as mm-hmm. I said, I would go, and that's how I got got the gig driving to WrestleMania 17, doing all that. I stopped watching for a while, and then when I got when I started the Schmodown, I started watching again. But I was watching through uh, like the network and stuff, and I just kind of fell out. But I would wa- I watch casually now. I watch the Royal Rumble. I watch the WrestleMania with my daughter, and I tune in AEW and stuff um, occasionally. But all I hear about is how great MJF is. MJF is, and watching watching his promos and everything too. And then I had Booker T on this show, and we were talking. And I asked him who he thought the best in-ring guy uh on the mic was right now and he said mjf and when he said that Bob booker i respect more than than most people and um you know he just guys just carrying a lot of clout you look what him and c yeah. and cm punk did in the ring together um he, he's yeah he's the guy right now yeah um totally and i there's a little bit of like jealousy there as well you know not in a not in a in a weird in a weird way it's more like oh that's what i was trying to do in my 20s like when i was like first breaking into hollywood yeah and i would and i'd show up to like a like an interview uh and i was like very uncomfortable being myself because like i didn't really know like who who am i and i'm like oh but i want to treat this as an acting exercise so i'm just going to cut heel promos (laughs) and just talk about how i'm the best and like like do that do that whole thing yeah obviously didn't work as (laughs) well because like people like is wrong with this guy like right. he's like really really nice and really like just kind of a sweet kid and all of a sudden like the camera's on he's like yo i'm the greatest and right. it just didn't work right he nails it he, it's really he, good he nails it he nails it he nails it like i watched this um this interview he did completely in character for an hour um yeah so he would be the guy he, he's your pick i mean i wouldn't know what to do with him because this is just <laughs> such a great like kind of wrestling I, i'm just more just saying i'm a fan uh yeah yeah i'm just like a, a fan like i feel like i'm yeah. a kid in a candy store you know like with this yeah. question yeah i love that 
So, well, good. And look, this is this is just one of one of many interviews I hope to be doing with you again because it's good to catch up with you again. And then finally, we can. You know, what we should try to do though, man. We talked about this last time, but like when you know, you know, because you're you're in Los Angeles, yeah. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. I, I moved to well, I moved to Dubai last year, so I lived in Dubai for like a year. Oh shit! And then I came been, back. Yeah, you've been back. Um, because next year, you know, Manny is in in LA next year. We should go. We should go. We should try to go. We should do that. I would. That. That. I've only. Uh, I've only been to like uh, two. Me too. Two live I, wrestling. Oh, events. two live wrestling ever. I went to two manias. I went to WrestleMania two, and I went to WrestleMania seventeen. I haven't been to a mania. I used to get like really bad anxiety around like crowds. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I didn't want to go. And then also like. Anyways, this is. I'm just gonna go off the rails, but uh, yeah. my. I have this kind of like academic fascination with wrestling yeah so i don't so i just kind of like watch it and i'm just like not not reacting yeah, do you, you, but i'm you going take, to go but i'm going to go with you and i'm going to get into it and i'm going to let's react. do it let's do it man i i yeah. I, I take that for for real either whether it's uh whether it's going to be um mania or or raw afterwards let's let's uh let's make that a thing and, and then and then we'll come back on the show and we'll talk about our experience dude that sounds amazing that sounds like the experience i've wanted like my whole life let's so, do like, it watch wrestling with someone who like understands wrestling or likes wrestling or you know and then then have an intellectual discussion about it i'm i'm down let's do it that's you know it that, I, mean? I love intellectualizing things that people are like why are you intellectualizing this that's I'm well like, why I'm, wouldn't I'm you? Down. Why, why aren't you intellectualizing this yeah uh let's make that a thing let's not let's not make it a hollywood thing let's make it a thing that we actually do for sure i would love to do that and um and I, don't, I don't do hollywood things. i know you don't that's like, why i said it yeah, yeah, i know yeah. you, i know you don't so ladies and gentlemen please go check it out once again it is the guardians of justice it's on netflix you can check it out Ashankar, who created it who, who he wrote it directed it it's a lot of fun and it's something very different and i know that it's right up it's it from for my listeners and and viewers of my show this is right up your alley so go and check it out dude thank you so much for joining me and let's uh let's do it again dude thank you for watching this man uh, of course i I felt like on some level I made it for you. So well, that's very that's very kind, and I appreciate it. You can tell that you you know you know what I like, so I can I yeah, understand what yeah. you're saying there for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like All you right. and Josh Barnett. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you very much. <laughs> appreciate and, you, man. Um, and we'll um, see you soon. And guys, check them out. And then you're still on you you're you're on socials and stuff. They can follow you over there. Yeah, not as much. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, sporadically, sporadically. sporadically. Um, all right. Thank you once again, Adi Shankar, and we will see you guys in just a moment. I love you. All right. Well, thank you, Adi Shankar. That was amazing. Um, I always like talking to him. He's a lot of fun. And make sure that you um, you check out his show, by the way. You got to check out Guardians of Justice. You got to check it out. It's um, it's different. It's very different, and it's, it is absolutely a satire. You'll pick that up right away. And if you don't, now you know that it's a satire and you'll understand. All oh, this is, they're not taking superhero stuff serious. Well, you ch check it out. Um, anyway, going to have him back for sure. And I, I hope we do that WrestleMania thing. That'll be fun. All right, before we close out, this was a, long, a longer interview, which I'm happy about. I was only planning on, on like a 20-minute interview, but I, I like talking to Adi. So um, there's a couple other stories that I'll bring up before we, we call it a day. And let's let's bring that up. No more, Ezra. No more. No more. No more. Let's talk about. I, I, I had mentioned in the beginning that Doctor Strange is going to be it's going to be shorter. It's going to be shorter. 
than most um, most Marvel movies, and that's pretty interesting. So let me tell you about it, Doctor Strange. It is two. Uh, so Doctor Strange and Jurassic World, two of the biggest early summer blockbusters this year. They just received the atypical runtimes for their respective franchise. Fran- Fandango reports that Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be coming in as the shortest Phase Four film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, clocking in at just one twenty-six. It's a little over two hours. The last Marvel Studios film to run shorter was Captain Marvel, which was one twenty-four. Since then, the MCU films have been leaning around the one forty one fifty mark. In contrast, it's also been revealed by Collider that Colin Trevorrow's upcoming Jurassic World will be checking at 146. Holy shit. By far the longest entry in that franchise to date. With the exception of Jurassic Park 3, which is 92 minutes, all four other entries in the franchise have just been over the two-hour mark. Why in the fuck is that movie over two hours long? What? That's terrible news. I do not want to sit in that theater. For two hours watching the dinosaur, over two hours and thirty minutes watching a dinosaur movie. Shit, maybe I'll be wrong, but we'll see. Both films will be theatrically released with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse May sixth, and then June tenth. That's too long, right? For for Jurassic World. Like I get it with some of these other movies, and even I mean, look, I I, I still said it. And I love the Batman. Too fucking long, and that movie was like three hours long, and there was a lot of detail to that movie. That movie, I understand why it was long. There's a lot of detail to the movie. And it's still too long. What the you do? Take a five-minute shot of a pterodactyl taking a shit? Who did, come on. Come on. What are we doing a two-hour and 26 or whatever the fuck it is? It's a lot, man. It took almost two and a half hours of dinosaurs shitting all over the place. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's great. Maybe maybe what we need in our lives is to see a, a thirty a thirty minute piss from a from a T Rex. Two uh, two dinosaurs fucking in a in a park. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Who knows? That's where we go. Shitting, pissing, and fucking. That's where you go. It's all highbrow humor on this show. So get your dicks ready. Or your vaginas, whatever you want to do. Um, so two hours, and that's what we're talking about. It's a long movie. That's a long movie. Uh, Doctor Strange. That's someone that I would have been. Sh- it wouldn't been shocked if it was long, because of all the shit that they're trying. They're going to be setting up. Ugh, man. I'm not excited about that. You know why I'm not excited about it? I think because the first Jurassic World was fun. It's like being in a theme park. Legit. If, 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 there are some people who hate that movie. I did not hate that movie. I liked that movie. It was fun. But if it was two hours, almost two and a half hours, I probably would have been like, all right, let's go. And the, if the second movie, the second Jurassic World would have been two and a half hours? Holy shit. That movie was terrible. How long was that fucking movie? How long was that movie? Jurassic? What, what the hell was that? I don't remember. No, this is one's Dominion. Jurassic. I want to see what it is. Jurassic World 2 runtime. Two hours and nine minutes. That was too long. So if this movie's good and it's 220, then all right. But if it's terrible and you're going to beat us over the head for 220, oof. I don't know, man. Not, I'm, not, I'm not too excited about that. That's, that's, kinda, that's not good news, I think. I think that's bad news. Um, 
So Downey Jr. sets two. Sh I didn't this this one. I didn't see. Let's 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 throw this up there because I didn't I didn't see this one story. I missed this story. I want to talk about this. I should talk to Ethan about this. All right. Let's see. Where's the news? Where's the news? Where's the news? Where's the news? There it is. All right. Sherlock Holmes. Let's talk about it. Robert Downey Jr who plays Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's iconic detective Sherlock Holmes across two Guy Ritchie-directed films in 2009 and 2011. The last one was 2011. Holy shit. He's set to produce two different scripted series for HBO Max that take place in the world of those films. All right. Lionel Wigram, who received a story credit on the first film and produces also on board to uh, produce alongside Downey Jr. Susan Downey and, and Amanda Burrell will produce the series through the Team Downey label. It's unclear if Downey Jr. will reprise his role as Sherlock as both projects remain in the early development stages. Both shows will poorly focus on new characters. Um, I think it'd be stupid not to put him in it. Who the hell gives a shit if he's not in it? That, he, he, made it he made it fun. Who wants to do a Sherlock Holmes series without Sherlock Holmes? I hope not. They're going to put it in that world and he shows up sometimes? what these stories are today i'm not liking them i'm really liking these stories unless unless it's a if it's a sherlock holmes series with downey in it that that's 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 good i mean look there's been a lot of sherlock holmes stories but i think putting someone like downey in there that's that's a great it's a great work i don't know what do you guys think about that would you watch would you want to watch that without would you want to watch the spin-off series but without Downey in it? Who this who who is it? Alright, last last story here before we get out of here for the day. Make sure once again, make sure you subscribe in to the podcast and all that. Um it's important. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And we have Moon Knight reviews up. We put the uh, spoiler review of episode two up yesterday. You didn't see it. In the debut of Marvel Studios, much publicized Moon Knight series pulled in a reported 1.8 million households across the first five days, according to ratings and uh, analysis from Samba TV. Samba TV measures 3 million smart TV households stateside as their sampling, which turned into the streaming series for at least five minutes. That 1.8 million number from Moon Knight puts it ahead of the Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld series Hawkeye, which clocked 1.5 million in its first five days. However, it falls behind Loki, which remains the most watched Marvel series with 2.5 million households tuning in. That's a, that's a shit. That's a lot, man. That series also holds the record for the most watched Disney Plus series finale with 1.9 million. Uh, also today, Marvel Studios has released a TV spot for the next series off the cab rank, the six-episode Miss Marvel series premiering on June 8th. All right, let's talk about, first of all about the um, about the, just the, those numbers that came out about Loki as compared to Hawkeye as compared to Moon Knight. Loki is a character inside of and one of the main players um, in Endgame, which was one of the biggest movies of all time. Infinity, well, yeah, he was in Endgame, Infinity War, and, and all that, and, and the lead up and the build up. He's one of the main players, you know, as and Thor. So his series, I think, crosses over more so to a more mainstream audience. Hawkeye could be the same argument. Well, so was Hawkeye. Same thing. Yes. But Hawkeye was also a little more second tier, even more so than Loki, because Loki's one of like the big, the big bad inside of it, and and I think that he's a little bit more charismatic than Renner. However, one point five million 
Still really good, and people love that series. It was not my favorite, but people love that series. And it was a lot of fun and a good time to put, put it on when it was on. Um, so 1.5 is still pretty good and still kind of building up numbers. So I understand why Loki did what it, what it did. And, um, Moon Knight is another one where nobody knows what the hell Moon Knight is. And the fact that it's doing as well as it did is, is a testament to Oscar Isaac and the curiosity of the show. And it also proves that Disney Plus is starting to just build up more subscribers. And that's why you're going to see the numbers kind of come in. It's different than when you're, when you're um, trying to get movie tickets and looking at the number of like, oh, that movie made X amount of dollars because people still, well, I'm choosing to go see that movie. You're choosing to sign up to Disney Plus. And if you already have it and there's a new series and you already, like maybe you weren't signed up when Hawkeye came out and then you're already signed up because of Hawkeye and that's you're part of that 1.5 and then Moon Knight comes out you're already subscribed now I'm going to watch it that definitely comes into play how many people were subscribed that's what I'd like to know what were the numbers what were, who, how many people were subscribed which is more impressive for Loki right like how many more people subscribed to Disney Plus because of Loki or after Loki which that is a metric I'm very curious about like like, what, like, how many people are going to come in because of Obi-Wan? And how many stay? And how many people um, watched Boba Fett because of, they signed up because of Loki? And how many people watched uh, Hawkeye because they signed up because of Mandalorian? And all that. I wonder if you, if you can compare that metric. I'm very curious. Anyway, um, that's my show today. That's the big thing. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you once again to Adi Shankar for joining us. Please check out his show. Please uh, make sure that you check out. We're going to start, speaking of Jurassic World, we're going to be doing a, uh, a rewatch, and we start with Jurassic Park, and it's going to happen tomorrow. Myself, Winston, and Coy. Make sure you're checking out Friday Night Titans, man. A lot of great stuff. If you ever watched the Schmodown, especially if you watched in 2017 and you missed episode five, oh, you missed out. You really missed out. But lucky for you, it's still on there right now. You should check it out. It's the best it's ever been. And I hope that you check it out. A lot of people will agree with you. Or they'll agree with you when you say it, too. But they'll agree with me because I've been seeing a lot of it. Anyway, hope you're enjoying it. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. I appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. It's a big thing. Peace. Peace.